BAM! A fucking bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you, would you give a fuck what kind of pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? another episode of Butterless Popcorn. Today we have a really fun episode and a really special guest. We're talking about the 1992 comedy My Cousin Vinny, starring Joe Pesci, Ralph Macchio, and Marissa Tomei. And with us today is a, is a great friend of the podcast and a, and a first, time, uh, first time appearance on the podcast, Nick Solidio. Nick, how you doing? Good. Did you say Tomei or? Marissa Tomei. Okay. It sounded like you said Tomei. It, it did sound like that. I think you need did the I? upward inflection there. But so it's the so it's well. Did I say so? I said Tome. It was like Jim Tome, Tome is what you said. Like Jim Tome. Jim Thome. <laughs> yeah, so it threw Tome. me for a loop. It really threw me Tome. for a loop there. Okay, Tome. It's not like Tome. Tome. Is it? It's, it's Tome. Not, wait, it's not Marissa Tome. 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 Yeah. Okay. But this Got is it. good. This is how we test our guests, though. So I'm glad that Nick, you passed. We're ready to roll, and we can get into it here. Lovely. Well, so um, this is a really fun movie, and we wanted to ask you to talk about this movie with us, Nick, because, you know, obviously you love movies just as much as we do and love chatting about movies. And through the years, um, My Cousin Vinny is one that, well, one, Adam, I know, pretty sure I had never heard about this movie before until when we were kids and like I just saw the VHS at your house. Yeah. Um, but Nick, I know you also love this movie. So Adam, I'm going to start with you and then Nick, I want you to answer the same question. What is it about this movie that just kind of reels you in time and time again? Uh, well, there's a few things. So number one, I, Joe Pesci is one of those like lovable loser kind of guys in this film, or I should say Vinny, but like, guy always screws up never does anything right in the beginning and so it's he's kind of a guy that you can root for but it's i don't know it's one of those like super easy watch it's got that courtroom drama feel which i love that genre but it combines it with just this idiocracy in this comedy and i think it just puts it together really nicely um and it's like yeah you're just enough suspense to keep you interested but really like you're just laughing the whole time. Nothing goes right. Like the whole fact that he can't sleep for like five, six days in a row, like those little things, those, they get me every single time. So I can watch this over and over again. I have, I've probably seen it over like 30 times to be honest with you, but love it every time. Nick. Yeah. I would say that this was the first movie, um, this was probably the first movie where I think I became a man after watching it <laughs> because Marissa Tomei is just like, you know, as an Italian kid growing up, Italian American kid, it's like Marissa Tomei is kind of like that ideal Italian American girl from, you know, New York. Sure. And I thought her character was just phenomenal. Her acting in this, in this film is amazing. So good. So good. And there are just so many parts that no matter how many times you see the scene, you still laugh out loud. And that it takes a lot for a movie to do that these days because we are 
you know, it, it, it takes a lot to entertain the modern day human being and keep us engaged. Yeah. And it does nope. age really well too, right? Like how many comedies did we talk about, Brett, where it's like you can't say half of the funny lines anymore? Like when we run through best quote, there's nothing we can't say here. You know, yeah, it all ages it, really it, well. Yeah, it all holds up splendidly. And Nick, as you said, especially uh, Marissa Thome, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. Marissa Tomei's performance holds up exceptionally well. She won an Oscar for this movie, which is unbelievable. This this is a movie that is so far from quote unquote Oscar bait that you could yeah. think of. And and I and I don't think when this movie was released or when she was casting in it that that would have been an any a thought that that was even possible. But she is so freaking good in this movie. Uh, and so is Joe Pesci, really. I mean, for me, you know, we th- always think about Joe Pesci, Casino, Goodfellas, uh, even Raging Bull, all these Scorsese collaborations, and Joe Pesci being, being this really hard-ass tough guy. And then this just shows another side of him, and he is hysterical. Like, he's so freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, just another great side, and he's, you know, he still has that almost I don't want to say like uh, that Italian gangster kind of aura about him but he still brings off that like tough guy vibe like hey yeah. you want to beat the shit out of you now or, <laughs> or later then I'll collect the 200 you know he still has that but he's funny he's a really funny guy um, so that's one of the more memorable things about this with, with me too I mean what do you guys think of Pesci here He, he I love that he is kind of brought down to a, a more humanized level in this movie yeah, he's, you know, it took him six times, six times <laughs> before he actually passed the bar, you know, and he'd only done personal injury prior to this murder trial, you know, and just like not knowing what an accredited university was. And he's just like this, you know, bummy kind of guy from the Bronx or wherever it was, Brooklyn. And uh, and then he's got this great art. Yeah. yeah, he's and it's kind of like um, I don't want to compare it too much, but like Home Alone, it's really fun to laugh at him and and how shitty things go for Joe Pesci. And I, I don't know if it's like the way he talks to like his whiny little voice in those films or just like the situations that they put him in. But he's like it's just like, you know, a kid watching a cartoon and, and one of the cartoon always gets their ass kicked. Like that's Joe Pesci, but for adults, and I think it's I think it's great. I can watch it all the time. Adam, that kind of reminds me of when we did the Christmas Vacation podcast about how, you know, every scene Clark Clark Griswold is in, it's like he's getting hurt, he's falling, <laughs> yeah, he's doing you know, something, something dumb. Some, something's hitting him in the balls, like almost like a cartoon. And Joe Pesci definitely. There's something like that about Joe Pesci in this movie, whether he's sliding in the mud when he gets out of the car. (laughs) It's like all those moments that he wakes up in the middle of the night. It has that factor about it as well, which I think is one of the most appealing things about this movie. Yeah, he can't catch a break at all. And that's I mean, but to Nick's point from going from that to like the full character arc of him doing it at the end is what makes this such a fun watch and such a feel good at the end. Like these kind of movies, I don't know. they don't they don't always end in a feel good it's just like a nice little like happy like oh glad everything happened but you legitimately feel for joe pesci and obviously the (laughs) the two guys getting out on on their murder case and you're really he's really just if you take a lot of the fluff out of it 
the whole movie is him trying to get past that one main obstacle, which is the judge. Yeah. You know, and for the last scene, for the judge to be like, win some, lose some. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like he appreciates him. You know, like that was that final kind of obstacle that 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 uh, Vinny had to overcome. And really the only obstacle, because it was the only thing that stood between the beginning and the end of the movie was the judge. More or less, and the electric chair. But, well, I guess the electric chair was the worst case scenario, not really the obstacle. Yeah. But, so, uh, written by Dale Lawner and directed by Jonathan Lynn, and I had never even heard of the, these guys in the past. Um, My Cousin Vinny was a pretty successful movie. It grossed over 64 million on only an 11 million dollar budget and as we just talked about Pesci uh, Marissa Tomei Fred Gwynn who plays the judge they're all praised for their performances with Tomei winning an Oscar Uh, and a really cool thing and I don't know jack shit about really the legal system or trials but I guess attorneys have actually praised this movie for its correct depictions of court procedures which is kind of cool I mean there's so many courtroom movies out there and they're like, oh, my cousin Vinny, that one's one of the best. That is great. But, I love like a lot of those shows. I feel like you just like, it's just people screaming like objection like the entire time. And it's like <laughs> this is not. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's yeah. the only thing you could take away from it. But this is it's good to hear that this is actually like legitimate. So you can't you can't take it away from this movie. I do have to say though, on that point, the fact that the trial began like five days after the arraignment, that part to me doesn't make any sense i feel like they're right. like, all right early we're fart. Trial will, that is, trial that is an early fart but yeah no that that's good that's a really good point i guess i didn't think but how i mean i don't know is that usually months after it's usually months but then again like maybe in beecham county alabama it's there there's not too much going on so they can start the trial you know like three days later that's that's true that's interesting so apparently uh jonathan lynn the director sat in on a murder trial in Georgia to do his research for the movie, which is kind of cool doing that down South. Was it um, Jasper County, Georgia? It was Monticello, Georgia. Okay. I've even heard of that. If you said Monticello. I wouldn't know if you're talking about Italy or Georgia. Mm. Um, so some casting tidbits here. So uh, Dan Lawner, the screenwriter, his first choice for Vincent LaGuardia Gambini was actually Robert De Niro. Fun fact, I found out about that, uh, but was afraid that De Niro didn't have the comedy chops for it. Little Oof. did we know. Oof. Little did we know that, that that take doesn't age very well because <laughs> De Niro can be fucking hilarious. Uh, and then Danny DeVito and Jim Belushi, I just have never liked Jim Belushi at all, uh, were also considered for the role before it went to Pesci. Thank God it went to Pesci. DeVito would have right? been kind of funny. He could have been I would, funny. I would have liked Danny DeVito. But, I mean, obviously, this, Joe Pesci's the best. This this movie would have been so bad with Jim Belushi in it. So bad. <laughs> oh, wait, so, Jim Belushi? Jim. No, John died in, like, 1981 right. or something. Right. Yeah, Jim. Jim is rough. That's how John, every though, Belushi, like, conversation starts, though. You're like, oh, 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 Jim. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's just not... No, but, thank but John yeah. Belushi, I, I could have seen John Belushi doing it. He plays a great idiot. Oh, yeah, totally. And he's not the only person from Animal House who would have been this, been in this movie. Wait, who else? Who am I missing here? Um, uh, What's his name? Um, 
Bruce McGill, Sheriff Farley. He's in Animal oh, House. Wow. He play yeah. he plays D, he plays D Day, the motorcycle guy in Animal he House. Does. <laughs> Who does this thing on his neck? Who like does the, the like the flicking thing on his neck? That's D Day. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow. Sheriff Folly. Yeah. Uh, and one. Okay, I saw this casting tidbit, and I was, I couldn't believe my eyes when I read this. So, Will Smith was up for the role of Stanley Rothenstein. Will, Will Smith. Will Smith. This is uh, that that actually there was an episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air where Will and Carlton were arrested for driving a fancy car out in like I, Palm Springs or whatever. I feel like I that remember that one. That's a good episode. See, it would have changed the storyline quite a bit, but I think that would have made for even more uh, complex storyline. Yeah, most definitely. Um. But will but like if the story was the same, assuming that it was going to be, because Stan is just you know Stan's funny. I like Stan's character quite a bit, uh, but he doesn't like his character doesn't really change the arc of anything. Um, I just I'm trying to picture yeah. Will Smith in that role as Stan, and I just can't do it. Stein, call me Stein. Oh. Yeah, oh, I don't, call me Stein. I don't know. Uh, one last tidbit I have here, and this one uh, uh, is actually pretty interesting. So. Lawner said that Vinny was supposed to be more of a, I don't even know, maybe Nick, maybe you know what this is because I didn't know what this was, was supposed to be more of a bag man for the mob. Uh, and he was supposed to, what is a bag man? I think a bag man might be um, somebody who like transfers money, like collects money and brings it to whoever. Is he like a, like a leg breaker, like a debt collector? Potentially. I mean, don't we have Google? <laughs> we do have Google. Google it. What does it bag say? Bagman. Bagman Mafia. We'll just type in Bagman. <laughs> a bagman may be involved in protection rackets or the numbers game, collecting or distributing the money involved. Oh, there you go. Very good. I knew you'd know blues. that one. Yeah, he's pretending Context like blues. he doesn't know it, but I, he, he knows all too well what a bagman is. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Vinny was supposed to be a bagman, and he was also supposed to be severely dyslexic. And that was supposed to, and there was supposed to be a scene in there that like shows him struggling to read, and then that was supposed to explain why it took Vinny so many attempts to pass the bar. Uh, but I guess in cutting down the movie, they took that out. Probably a wise choice to take that out. Um, those are all, those are all the quirky acting tidbits I have. Uh, good removals. I really funny to think is for Robert De Niro in this role. Uh, <laughs> but that would have been really yeah, that, interesting. That, that's all I have. This movie is just so much fun. Uh, when I rewatched it the other night to prep for this episode, it was the first time I'd sat down and watched it in a really long time from start to finish, maybe at least a decade. Uh, but it's one of those movies that like you can go years and years without watching it. And then when you turn it on, it just feels like you, you know, you maybe saw it like a few days ago because some of those moments and some of those quotes just kind of, just kind of stay in your mind for such a long time. Do you guys feel like that? We also talk about it quite a bit, so maybe it always stays fresh <laughs> in, in the three of our minds. But, you know, I'm with you. Like, it, it's kind of tough because I probably watch this, like, at least once a year. So it's always, yeah. like, always kind of there, always relevant. And so I watched this last night. I watched it again. 
I also watched it like two weeks ago. So it was like oh, still in, really? it was still the DVD. I had it on DVD. It was still in my Xbox Blu-ray player. I was like, oh my God. I opened up the DVD case and I was like, shit, where's the movie? And then I realized like, I just never took it out. It was still in there. So yeah. Nick, do you feel like that with this movie? I mean, I also watch it at least once a year and it's pretty much, I mean, the one the the one time a year that I get a direct text message from Adam is usually when he has watched my cousin Vinny. <laughs> and it's usually a quote from it and we'll exchange a few quotes and then it's like I'll see you, you know, next year when you watch it again. And then I'll, yeah, I'll text you again. Yeah. <laughs> your your stream of text messages once a year is I shot the clerk. Yeah. I shot the clerk. Yeah. It's it's fantastic though. I'm glad that that's what our text threads really consist of. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, fellas, I got nothing else to add. Shall we dive into the categories? Let's, do, let's it. do it. All right. My cousin Vinny, let's break down our favorite scenes. Nick, I'm going to let you take over this one. Give me your nominations for your favorite scene in My Cousin Vinny, and then if you have an ultimate winner. Go yeah, I have, I have two. I have two. Only two. I have two, two favorite scenes that are just so good. One of them, and I'll just read it because it, it, is it cool? But can I quote it? You you could do whatever you want. Okay. Keep in mind, next best quote is in one of the next sections, but you do whatever you want. Yeah, that's okay. This is just the whole scene of when of when Vinny's explaining to Lisa that he's going hunting, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I, I mean, I'm a man's man. I can go deer hunting, and and Lisa goes. Imagine you have a deer. You're prancing along. You get thirsty. You spot a little brook. You put your little deer lips down to the cool, clear water. And bam! A fucking bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you, would you give a fuck what kind of pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? That <laughs> the scene. pants. The pants part at the end. But that, that whole scene is amazing. I love that pants quote. The... The delivery of that line is just so amazing. And honestly, the best part of it is Vinny's reaction, like when his face kind of changes when she <laughs> says, bam, hits herself in the head. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. That's got to be, that's in my top two. That is really because good. It the, is funny too, also what he what he does end up wearing is he ends up wearing like a hoodie with his leather jacket over it <laughs> and those pants. It's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's just such a great scene. My, the other one is uh, when the public defender is, is going up um, to question the first witness. Yeah. Jury. <laughs> Mr. Uh, uh, t- t- uh, t- 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 uh, uh, <laughs> he's a tough one. <laughs> oh my god that austin pendleton um just he's good i've seen him in, he was in christmas with the cranks i don't know if you remember that oh i do wait i have seen that movie but i don't remember him in it that's the one with tim allen right yes tim allen and, and jamie uh jamie lee curtis yeah jamie lee curtis um yeah those are my two favorite scenes and I, it's really hard for me to choose between them those are both amazing. Um, so I, I, I had the the scene with the public defender. I guess I kind of had two different parts, but I'll get that in a second. Adam, uh, did 
I'm sure you had some more that Nick didn't cover. Yeah, I got a handful here. So I love in, in Sheriff Farley's office and the interrogation. And he's just like, did he catch you with the tuna? <laughs> Is that how it started? And it's just like the whole confusion after that. Um, the the quick note about that. The, that one. So that moment and then in a scene that we'll probably talk about in 10 seconds. Um the writing is impeccable, and it's and it's a really similar kind of writing in both those scenes. Whatever, it's that scene, and then the scene when Vinny comes to the cell and talks to Stan about oh. about fucking him. Um, the writing is so funny in both of those because it's one character is talking about one thing, and the other character is thinking something totally different. But for some reason, their words are weaving together so perfectly. Yeah, and I just I don't know. I just think that's just like really masterful screenwriting and it's so great convenient. acting too but yeah. <laughs> that that does lead me right to the next one is Vinny visiting them in the cell uh stan thinks it's bubba <laughs> <laughs> which is that's and that's my favorite by the way like i'm gonna go through a few yeah. others but that's my favorite scene um i love when Vinny's at the diner and he's trying to grit and he's asking like a million questions about the grit and it kind of foreshadows like his his grit knowledge is what kind of saves the case or starts to save the case, which is great. Yeah, he's really just trying to put off eating it, so he keeps <laughs> yeah. asking every time he like almost gets takes a bite, he puts it off and asks another question, which is really it's not like he need wants to know about grits. He's just trying to avoid actually putting it in his mouth. Yeah, and thank God that's exactly what he did. And then Lisa takes the picture. Takes of the it. picture. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that. I love that. Um, one of them that's probably my second favorite this next one is Vinny and Lisa arguing about the faucet dripping in the motel because I, I think the uh, the exchange that happens there and like the cross-examination that Vinny really does of Lisa in there is kind of like the the mojo the groove that that he shows later on in the actual cross-examination um, but it's really great the way that Lisa just absolutely owns him but dead on bowls accurate like money it's an industry tam <laughs> she she just a, a commonality with her character in so many different parts of the movie she's just owning the shit out of people yeah constantly i love it she's she's unbelievable and she uh she keeps Vinny honest and yeah. uh but she's Super also just honest. you know there for support she's really like ideal <laughs> um i love gambini rolling in with a second hand suit and really like that entire scene with the first across examination and yeah you know are you on drugs like all of that just drugs <laughs> no no not on drugs <laughs> uh that back and forth dialogue is is money too but um but that one as well but yeah no again my favorite when Vinny visits uh stan and and bill in the cell i think that's so funny it's such great writing that yeah that, so uh, you guys basically mentioned all of mine a couple that you left out that i had um so I love when uh, Bill and Stan first get arrested and they're sitting that whole first scene in the police station. So Adam you did mention the part where he's like, I shut the clerk and it's the back and forth with him and Sheriff Farley. But I also love when he's on the phone with his mom and like, ma, we're in Wazoo. <laughs> and then Stan's like, they sleep with their sisters. <laughs> Some <laughs> of them I think do. That, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> And then they're all looking back at them. That's really funny. Um, obviously, and he goes, my, he goes, how much is a good attorney? I don't know, fifty, a hundred thousand. 
50, 100,000, ma, ma. Like you <laughs> yeah. already know that, that she's freaking out on the right, right. phone without actually hearing or seeing it. Not not too good, Ma. We uh <laughs> we got arrested. Murder. We didn't do it. Yeah. Ma murder. Ma Ma Betsy <laughs> so, just cracks you up every time. Um I really like when Vinny confronts JT in the pool house for the first time and they have that whole conversation and there's that guy there like who eats the chicken wing <laughs> yeah. in one bite. And uh I don't know, that's that the whole scene is just really funny and that leads to a couple more uh interactions with them down the line. Um but but my favorite scene though, and neither of you guys mentioned it, and I don't know, I can't believe you didn't mention it. Maybe it's a little too obvious. But Lisa's testimony at the end, when Vinny brings her on trial, I just think that scene is so dynamite and explosive every time I watch it. Um, Did your heart stop, either of you, when she's like, "No, the defense is wrong." <laughs> I mean, I, I got always, chills that like whole scene. Yeah, I always thought that that was like a screw up in the movie when I would watch it as a kid. <laughs> like, what do you mean it's wrong? Yeah. That, they can't be wrong. Now you're sentencing your, you know, soon to be cousin in law right, to right. the debt to the death penalty. I'm actually shocked that none of us have mentioned when Marissa Tomei goes, not to mention my biological clock ticking <laughs> yeah. like this. And by this right, I ain't ever getting married. I'm surprised that neither of you That's true. Because that, that's a phenomenal scene. That is a really good scene. And then Vinny's response to that is a great monologue, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I do not need this. I got a judge who's waiting to throw me in jail. <laughs> I ain't slept in five days. <laughs> <laughs> Loud whistles. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my career, good. your life, our marriage. <laughs> your is there biological shit clock. we can pile on. <laughs> Maybe is the wrong time to bring it up. <laughs> that scene is really good. Is that when they're staying at the cabin? Yeah. Right? Sleeps like a baby yeah, before he's this, there. Yeah. The yeah. screaming owl, which I didn't even know existed before That's that amazing. scene. I, this is pretty good. We all have uh, different answers for our favorite scenes. I love that. That's a hot. That's a hot start. Um, it is a hot start. All right. Let's, let's keep it rolling then. So this it's going to get interesting here. Um Brett, I'll start with you, but you got to take one scene and make it into a musical. All right. So this one, I actually had a really hard time with this one. Uh, and I know I'm usually like a Tony Award winning musical director when we do these, Adam. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, so I have the scene when Vinny meets Bill, when Bill's still in jail, and when Bill's like, we're going with the public defender. Stan wants to do it. I'm going to do it too. So it's basically Vinny, you know, saying hey give me this shot so here's here's how it'll start off they're sitting there they meet up and he go, and and it's basically Vinny singing the whole time but he goes listen up my billy you've got to give me a chance i know i fucked up too many times but let me try this dance and then bill looks at him and goes look vin i'm sorry i really wanted you to help but I didn't know your lack of experience, which is causing our chances to melt. And then they're just, they just keep going and, and back and forth, almost arguing at this point. And then Vinny's like, Billy, 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 but Billy, I can win you this case. Look me in the eye and tell me I can't and I'll walk right out of this place. Vin, I don't know. I really don't know. Some more dancing. 
And then it gets, <laughs> it gets to Vinny again. Let me tell you, Billy, listen loud and clear. Nobody yeah. messes with the Gambini, especially this one right here. <laughs> Give me one more chance. I promise I won't do you wrong. Just one more shot to prove my to prove my worth, to show I'm the lawyer for long. Oh my god. That's it. And then Bill says yes and then that's it. Um I'm really disappointed. I chose the same scene. No, oh, you did. Yeah. Oh. And and it's not nearly as good as what you just did. Um, oh, thank you. I'll just do mine quickly then. I, I only have like two lines. I don't even want to do it because it's just not as good. But I'll, just do how it. do you top that? I mean, yeah, I know. I'll, uh, all right. I don't think it's fair. So, yeah, so same scene. Uh, Vinny's giving the the spiel to Bill to, to give him a shot. I think you should give it to me. So, um, <laughs> come on, Bill. You know who I am. I'm the man to get you out. That's the plan. They'll build a case. They'll make you sweat. Their jury will question, but you know who they haven't met? Me. Nobody. 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 Fools the eye of a Gambini. I mean, that's the line you just got to focus on. Uh, so I you know. nailed it, too. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nobody fools with the eyes of a Gambini or whatever. Because you're says. innocent. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nick, um, I hope you got a different scene here. Yeah, no, okay. I didn't I'd actually, I didn't actually prepare, you know, lyrics. That's okay. Um, I guess if I had to pick a scene, it would it would kind of be like a a conglomerate of all the scenes where something is disrupting his sleep at night. <laughs> so between like the whistles, the pigs being slaughtered and the train, and I'm kind of imagining it like the sounds uh, or the, the song like crazy train going on but then of <laughs> yeah. course the theme of that's funny my cousin Vinny and that's as that's as far as I got with that question I can't top I can't top you Brett <laughs> no that's okay you know what we actually I don't even think we put in the instructions to write out of to write oh you out, definitely so. didn't you absolutely yeah. did not we get put a little carried away <laughs> yeah yeah we, we, we get pretty into that one so I'll definitely accept the Tony award in this episode but all great stuff so moving on, uh, this quote, or th- yeah, moving too fast. This category, best quote, I'm sure we're going to have a shit ton here and lots of laughs. Um, so maybe here, let's run through it this way since we have a third person. Let's go through a little different. Adam, I'll start with you. Say a quote, and then Nick, say a quote, and then I'll say a quote, and we'll just circle like that. So that way I love it. one person doesn't say 40 quotes. All right, here we go. Whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Almost six weeks. <laughs> My cousin Vinny. <laughs> I bet the Chinese food here is terrible. It's a pretty good impression. Breakfast. You think? <laughs> Two. Nick, Two. I'm not gonna lie. Nick, I'm not gonna lie. You, your, your two quotes immediately just threw away two of my trivia questions. Oh. Um, I fit in better than you do. At least I'm wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Nope. For me, six times was a charm. <laughs> it's either me or them. You're getting fucked one way or the other. I'm sticking with this here. I think you should be grateful. I think you should be down on your fucking knees. <laughs> My, that's sometimes an ego you have. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I'd knock him down just to get jerked off. Sorry. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Is it me? Yeah, it's me. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. You guys here down here hear about the ongoing cholesterol problem in the country? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have any more. You've no more? Oh, here we go. No. Okay, we have a lot. So, all right. Okay, wait. Let me let me just quote the judge because we haven't yes. actually quoted the judge yet. Well, uh, that would certainly explain the hostility. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a really good one. Um. You're in Alabama. You come from New York. You killed the good old boy. There is no way this isn't going to trial. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love. Is your attorney here? <laughs> <laughs> I am the attorney. Yeah, he's the attorney. Oh, I am the attorney. That's and not... just the immediately following that, when the other guy's pulling out all of his files and stuff, and then he just has a legal pad. <laughs> A blank legal yeah. pad. A blank one. <laughs> and he's constantly looking over to see what they're doing yeah. so he can try to mimic it. Um, what was he before he was a lawyer? A fucking comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an out-of-work hairdresser. That's another great one. I love that one. I think I get the point. <laughs> no, you don't. No. You are now in contempt of court. Oh. Surely. <laughs> oh, surely. Got a Xerox machine there. <laughs> you know, if somebody doesn't know, if somebody doesn't know this movie and just hears us going back and forth, all these quotes completely taken out of context, it it's going to no make sense. no sense. Um, you were serious about that? <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. The whole store got the flu. <laughs> it's called disclosure, you dickhead. Are you sure about those five minutes? Wow. Uh, no self-respect in Southern users and grits. <laughs> oh, I love that. I take pride, pride in my grits. grits. Now, Mrs. Riley, and only Mrs. Riley. I think it's time for a thicker set. Ah, <laughs> <Identical. laughs> Um The last one I have, I don't have the full quote, but it's, huh, yeah, you see, you're 50 feet away. <laughs> but she would not wear on your prescription glasses. And yeah, <laughs> that's the best. They read it. Glasses. That guy was the best. He honestly stole. He stole the show. He's only in that one scene. He Unreal. Is phenomenal. Unreal. Unreal. It's like yeah. He. Oh my god. <laughs> Stanley's like, what the hell is that? He's like, oh, I get a little nervous. I'm getting better. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, my last, my last quote is, uh, Jerry Gallo's dead. And then I'm Jerry Callo, C A L L O. Nice. <laughs> so, did any of you guys have a winner for best quote or your favorite quote, Nick? Uh, no. 
I, that's okay. I can't. I can't pick one. I don't know. It's so hard. If I had to it's pick one, it's such a quotable prob- movie. It really is. I'd probably just pick everything Vinny says in the cell with Stan. Yeah. Just everything from that scene. So. Oh man. I think you should be down to your fucking knees. <laughs> that was exhausting. That was. There was a lot yeah. in there. That was fun. My, my heart. My heart rate is up right yeah. now because of that. Well, you know? let's keep it moving here. Um, we'll give an ode to the camera. So. Uh, Nick, I'll start with you, but some of the best shots that you saw in My Cousin Vinny. Um, I really only had, I had a couple, but there was really only one that's, that really jumps out. And that is just Marissa Tomei in that floral jumpsuit, but with the whole like dead winter forest in the background, kind of alluding to the fact that she's like the thing that's going to save the day. She's like the last bit of life, you know, the last hope. Because that's really what she comes down to. She ends up being the star witness that yeah. proves their point that they've been trying to make semi-successfully, um, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. So that was that was my favorite uh, my favorite shot. I like that one. I didn't even consider that, yeah, but now that you said good. it, that's pretty damn good. I love that. Um, I, had, I, had a, I had a couple here, and then I definitely have have one. That one. So my first one is, you know, I'm a sucker for close-ups. I like when Bill's on the phone with his mom and she's like yelling at him. They don't know what to do. And then it's zooming into his face and then his eyes light up and he's like, oh, we should give him a call or something like that. <laughs> when he finds out Vinny's the attorney, I just, I like the close-up is like, oh, that kind of tells you before you even hear his next line that you know something big's going to happen. So I like that. Um, the tracking shot to Vinny when he's sleeping in prison when he's finally getting a good night's sleep, it like shows the you know all the commotion happening in prison, and then it's slowly moving to the right, and then you see him sound asleep like a baby. I just think that's really well executed. Um, but my my shot of the movie, and this one's pretty metaphorical, like yours, Nick. Uh, it's on the last day of of court when it goes into court, and it's a picture of the fan just like constantly spinning round and round, and that's what we look at, and then it like just slowly goes down from the top of the ceiling to Vinny and Bill and Stan sitting on the stand. And this was after Vinny got into the fight with Lisa, uh, um, um, Trotter got, uh, Mr. Wilbur is one of the witnesses, like his life is just spinning out of control. So I, I thought the fan was a good representation of everything spinning out of control. So I'm going with that one. Nice. My mine are a lot shallower than what you guys picked, but I'll run through them anyway. I got you two. Peasant, yeah. get off of here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I don't appreciate film, I guess. So, <laughs> the first one is the shot of Sheriff Farley looking down at Jimmy Willis's dead body. Um, That's a good one. The the shot is looking up at sh- the sheriff's face, which I thought, and you could just kind of see the disgust, which is nice. Um, and then I like when the camera is low and you see Bill kicking Vinny's feet under the table when Vinny is sleeping and it's time to give his opening statement. You just see like a foot like hit his and then, and then it, the camera moves up and you see Vinny like fall because he was clearly sleeping. Um, I think that's really good too. But Everything that guy just said is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great opening statement. I can't yeah, he, he walks up and he's like wiping his eye because he's just like still half asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are mine. So I, I, yours are better. It's not better. It's just different. So all good shots, all different, different takes too. Um, 
Moving on to this next category, and this is one of my personal favorite categories, movie farts. So anything that doesn't align in the movie, something you don't quite get, a plot hole. Nick, I'm going to start with you. Do you have any 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 gassy moments in My Cousin Vinny for you? Oh my gosh, so <clears> many <throat> gassy moments. Um, the, I actually, this is the one I had the most answers for. All right. So prepare yourselves. First of all, I found it very odd that they were interrogating Stan in what looked to be an evidence room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I feel like that is... Yeah, there's like, like files everywhere. Yeah. No, it was like television. There's just like oh. random things that were clearly like... Or it was just like a utility closet. Like, I don't care what county you're in in America. I don't think that like they would be interrogating someone in, in that, you know... <laughs> either an evidence room slash utility closet. That just doesn't make sense to me. Especially. Although I've never been interrogated. Um, well, speaking of that, they interrogate Bill in just like Sheriff Farley's office and they right, just let him like right. casually sit. Like if you're interrogating someone for murder, you're in one of those like locked rooms with the mirror that's actually like, you know, to the other room where you could see well, that's all dependent side. on like, the uh, that's all dependent on the facility. But like it's not, it was the, the sheriff was interrogating both of them separately. So he could have just put... Bill outside and yeah, brought Stan yeah. into the, his office. And, you know, like why why put them in these two different rooms and then make one wait for the other? It just that didn't make sense to me. Um, let's see. The thing that always confuses me, maybe I'm just dumb, but when when uh, Vinny and Lisa are having that argument about the faucet, and she goes on to say. You know, a split second before the wrench was applied to the faucet, it was tested by yada, yada, yada. I, I, didn't, I don't understand that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I didn't write that down as a fart, but it's like, does she mean like that the, that the wrench before it's used is always like, you know, verified by NASA engineers? I, I, That's kind yeah. of what I got from it. Yeah. It's just a weird, it's just a weird <clears throat> thing that like, you know. How are you able to prove that? Right. Miss? Sure. Um, no, that makes sense. Again, I mentioned earlier that the trial <laughs> beginning so quickly after the arraignment is is totally out of whack. But again, if there's nothing else going on in Beecham County, Alabama, <laughs> then I guess that's fine. Um, well, they were and they well, actually I'll, I'll save this for trivia. Never mind. Let's keep going. OK, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I. I guess the last major one, let's be honest, Lisa definitely should not have been approved as a witness. That was one of mine too. Yeah. Like, like she's, how the, yeah. she's great. And of course for the movie, it's fantastic. But if we were to make this a real life thing, like, no, she's just, she's really good with cars and she'll answer one question. Oh, she got that question right. Okay. You know what? She knows everything there is to know about cars. Forget accreditation. Well, don't you have to get your witnesses approved? Like, more than two minutes before they go onto the stand is that or is <laughs> Who that knows? Not a thing i'm not a i'm not in, i'm not a lawyer but like just even if he did it in advance she would not be approved yeah no she's right she's his fiance she's yeah. an out of work yeah. hairdresser yeah she's my fiance <laughs> yeah. well that would certainly explain the hostility <laughs> <laughs> no i hate him how did we not do two what <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've just seen this movie so many times that like the most common ones, right? You know, the two Utes and like the biological clock are like the two most quoted things, right? Yeah. I also could have probably gone without the back 
like the background story of Norton getting the chair because I feel yeah, like they like they they I feel like they made him to be this like imaginary or you know invisible character when when I first saw it it was like okay well who's this Norton guy is this somebody that I need to care about and then you, and then he just gets you know killed yeah apparently um Lynn was like a he, he's like anti death penalty and so like I think the the Norton thing with like the protests and everything was kind of like his you know message ah. or, or whatever that he wanted to kind of get out but yeah it was kind of like looped in there you know it was it was weaved like in and out of the story it wasn't like yeah you know a central focus but yeah that is kind of interesting I mean I I do agree with that though it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything to to push the arc of the movie the only time where I think it it does something is when Stan and Bill are sitting in their cell talking and then the light flickers. Yeah. And then that shows like, oh, that could be our future. There goes the quintessential well, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. But like that's all, it, all that, people, all that could have, go ahead. People, <clears throat> people were protesting not because they were against the death penalty, but because they believed that Norton was, was uh, not guilty or innocent. Like they were saying like free Norton. So the idea is that like Vinny is pushing to free Stan and, and Billy right because they're innocent but even though people think norton's innocent look he got the chair so i think it's supposed to add that extra level of suspense into this mm -hmm. light-hearted comedy sure i actually didn't catch that that he was supposedly innocent well there was also a sign that said like let norton live so i guess that's kind of sure unclear but yeah but then and then they didn't have enough electricity because the utility bill was too or the utility bill is too high and so the that's actually Sorry, this is a fart, I guess, now that I'm talking about it. But, like, why is the security guard or the guy who works at the prison talking to them about death row and not having enough electricity? Like, it's kind of. Yeah, it's just like casually chatting. Yeah, yeah, that's out of line there, man. And why, while, they're, while we're on the topic here, they're walking back after getting to an argument on the basketball court and they're in the front of the line going back into the prison. And they stop and they're talking, yeah. and like the whole line of people behind them just stops. <laughs> yeah. Like I would think that if you're in prison on trial for murder, that the guards are just going to keep pushing you along and not let you <laughs> and your conversation dictate the direction of hundreds of other inmates behind you. You'd think so. Yeah. But hey, it's a movie. <laughs> uh, Nick, is that all your farts? That's all my farts. Adam, any others from you? Yeah, I do have a few farts. Um, you know, some of them, some of them are pretty smelly. So in in the beginning, um, I guess it's like a half a fart, but something I just noticed. So they were driving behind that big lumber truck, um, you know, and then they go around it in the passing lane or whatever. Mm -hmm. They end up at the sack of suds. When they walk out of the sack of suds, the lumber truck reappears, but it's going the other way. I don't know if it's the same exact truck, but I realize like it's kind of hooking towards them, kind of hooking away from them and then, and then yeah it's, it's it, that that has to be just like you know they they rented the truck and the you know the lumber and, and right. needed something else to come by and they had it for the day they probably shot both scenes the same day that's what yeah um i mean it's, it's not like a big fart but i just noticed that um next one how is bill able to take a nap like in prison like everything is happening this is craziness and he's just able to like take a nap in that like very uncomfortable prison i just i didn't i didn't see that that was possible but maybe he's a good sleeper 
really early on too. I mean, it was like day one. Yeah, there should yeah. be some shock prison. value in there, and yeah, well, yeah. We yeah. and we know Stan is shitting his pants the whole time, right? But and yeah, Bill is just kind of hanging out, sleeping. So, so. Um, another thing: How is Vinny even licensed to practice law in Alabama? That's a great wow. question. Yeah, See, I don't think he took the bar there. Like, I, there's. There's no way he passed the bar that quickly, too, if he did, because we know. Can you? So, I I have no idea about this. Again, I have no idea. I my knowledge of the legal system is nothing. Um, do you have to be licensed in that state to be able to like defend someone or well, participate in a trial? Some have reciprocity. So, like Illinois and Indiana, for example. I'm not sure if they actually do have reciprocity, but if you if you if you have it in one, you can practice in both. But I highly doubt in New York. There'd be reciprocity in Alabama for him to practice. Like that's just right. That's out of. I feel like it might be the other way around, though. I feel like if you were licensed in Alabama, then you definitely couldn't practice law in New York. But if, but maybe yeah. the bar in some of these major cities are more all-encompassing. Again, yeah, I New York, just like yeah. the two of you don't really know much about it, but it's true. Maybe the lawyers that are listening could could comment <laughs> yeah. and let us know, or we can go to Google. But you know, sure. I leave that to only the mafia references. How'd you pass? How'd you pass the bar in Alabama? There it is. I knew we were going to quote "Catch Me If You Can" once we started talking about the bar. Um, and then I had one other fart, and this one I think is pretty smelly. Uh-oh. Vinny actually never tells Lisa about Jerry Callow, but she phones it in to Judge Malloy about Jerry Callow because when he was when they were about to have the conversation. He they're at the they're at that diner or whatever, and he pisses her off and she like storms out. So she never she never actually finds out about Jerry Callow. Well, that's a big brain he, part. Well, he tells her part. he tells her that he told uh, the judge that he was Jerry Gallo, yes. and she was like, "No, Jerry Gallo's dead." So aren't we supposed to assume like? In a in a in a scene that wasn't filmed, that like she was like the two of them decided, okay, I'm Jerry Callow. Well, uh, maybe, but in that in that lunch scene afterwards, she's like, he's fa- he found out, and she asked like what he did. She was like asking about that scene, and so like if if that had been the case, I feel like she would have been like, okay, did you go with the Jerry Callow? <laughs> did you, did you give right. that a shot? So yeah, I I don't know. I, it was like. I, I made the assumption too earlier on, but then when I was watching it yesterday, actually for the first time, I realized that she never actually heard from heard about Cal. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, very that is true. kind of interesting. Ah, man, that's a good one. I don't know. So that's I mean that's more of a shart, honestly. That's a big one, I think. That is mm-hmm. that is that's some diarrhea. A little poop yeah. coming out. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of poop. Um, so I just had one fart, uh, and the farts you all mentioned were fantastic. Super smelly movie. Um, what are the odds that upon being arrested for murder, especially that Stan and Bill would be sellies? Oh, I was don't you think the same thing. Don't That's you think they'd be separated? Like yeah. there's no way they'd be in the same cell. Yeah. I would, I, I, again, I don't know, from, you know, from experience or from research, but I would totally agree with that, Brett. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You'd think that they Especially would if they're like co-conspirators. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That stood out to me. Uh, well, they were treated you know, I very I guess we're nicely. all going to have to go to law school. Yeah. They really they were, were treated. treated very nicely. Yeah. They were. Yeah, let's go to law school. We'll report back in three years. We'll, we'll do a re-recording. We'll be like, you know what? That that happens. <laughs> As <laughs> it turns out. Part two, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, though, the other two farts I had you guys both named. So 
Nice. That's about it. Uh, let's finish segment one. Let's take a quick break, and then we will pop back in uh, in a minute. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Spife. Too often, we are faced with the difficult challenge of deciding which utensil to bring with us on a picnic or camping trip. Do we bring the fork, the spoon, or even the knife? Throw away conventional thinking and bring the Spife. The Spife is uniquely designed to offer all of the benefits of a knife and a spoon in one. Need to cut your sandwich in half? Use the sharp edge of the Spife, which never needs sharpening. Trying to scoop in a dollop of your mom's favorite stew? Use the curved side. The Spife offers everything you need in one utensil, without the hassle of bringing two items. To get your new Spife, call now and use the promo code BUTTERLESS. That's promo code BUTTERLESS. You'll get half off, plus a free plastic sample of the Nork. Food sold separately. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking My Cousin Vinny, and we're going to kick off our second segment with a very interesting conversation. Who is the biggest asshole? Brett, take it away. Uh, so I had three potential candidates for biggest asshole. Well, who's the biggest? Okay, so uh, my biggest asshole is Trotter. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's nice at times, but even in the times when him and Vinny are casually chatting, he has this aura about him where he's where he kind of looks down on Vinny, yeah. like during all their interactions. Um, and during the trial, he's just kind of a prick. He's handling the case like he does his due diligence and he does his job, but like he kind of approaches it with this like half-ass mentality like Vinny's like some dumb you know Italian guy with a leather jacket on and this case is gonna be a piece of cake so he's just kind of a cocky prick um so I had him I do love he was my winner. when he yeah. when he calls Vinny about uh Wilbur who's gonna testify oh, the next day and he's yeah, should, it's such a dick and yeah. uh Vinny's like should I be worried he's like I sure would be if I were you he's <laughs> like fuck off man yeah, so he's an asshole. Um, so, and then my other candidates though were Mr. Tipton and JT, but Trotter for me takes it. <laughs> Love it. So, Nick, who you got? Okay, you guys are probably not going to like me for this one, but I hate Stan. <laughs> Do you really? I Stan's hate a dick. him. I hate I hate everything about him. Um, just. He just, I don't know. He, honestly, he just rubs me the wrong way, is what it comes down to. I can't give like full explanations as to why he's an asshole, but like, let's be real, he's an asshole. He is, he is a dick. He, yeah, he's a dick. He's a huge dick to Vinny yeah, early he on, is. too. Granted, and their his... first introduction wasn't great, but <laughs> even <laughs> still, it, like his big mouth, you know, you take, take all the little things, his big mouth, and he's like, they're in the clans down here. They sleep with their sisters. <laughs> like, all right, you idiot. You know, just want you know wanting to go with the public defender and then like dropping the public defender like another asshole move after he begged for the public defender. Right. Just like back to back reasons that he's just an asshole. Yeah, his temperament is pretty annoying too. He's just always freaking out. I mean, he should be freaking out, but it's just like his freaking out doesn't help the situation at all. So, yeah, he is pretty annoying. Um. My biggest asshole would be uh, George Wilbur. Oh, no fucking way. <laughs> um, he's kind of a dick because, um, I mean, it's part of the prosecution's case where he's talking about the the size tires. 
but right. he's complete asshole during cross-examination where he's like but two metallic mint green buick skylock convertibles when he's when he's like talking back to Vinny about it or whatever and wilbur also knows like he's a quote-unquote car expert as well he knows the whole tires the positive traction the solid via axle he knows all of that and um still he's just doing what he can to help the prosecution so i think he's kind of a that's dick. true you yeah that he either does know all of that and he's like hiding it to as you said get these guys fried or maybe he isn't quite the expert he thinks he is and doesn't know that either but way you think he would yeah. yeah yeah he should know that that's a good choice uh, uh james rebhorn baby <laughs> yeah and that Wait, was part of it too is, is this the second movie we've done on this podcast adam the first being meet the parents where you coined him as biggest asshole. I, I think that played a part of it too, because I was like, "This fucking guy, Doctor Larry Banks, <laughs> George yeah. Wilbur is the same thing. Such a dick." <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my god. Yo, I mean, that's a good one. Again, we all have different answers. The variety on this episode is is spectacular. Um. All right, so moving on here, uh, Nick. I'll start with you. Give my cousin Vinny a new title. You could think of one, two, three, ten of them if you have one. I got one. I got one in it. Okay. All right. I'm proud of it. Let's hear, let's hear it. I'm excited. Mona Lisa Vito, but V-E-T-O. Okay. Not bad. I like the We don't even words. know that her name is Mona Lisa Vito. We don't even know right. that her first name is Mona Lisa or whatever, or if that's a joke or whatever it is. But... So because you don't see that until almost the end of the movie, then like you kind of wonder what it could be about. And it turns out that she gives the final testimony that, that saves the guys. Yeah, she is the veto. And veto. And yeah. she's the she's veto. The exactly. veto. My only qualm with that, and I think it's really good, my only qualm with it is can you do that if she's not the main character? You know, um, probably not. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, but... If I had to pick, you know, some type of play on words, I would go with that one. I stand by my choice. Fair enough. I like it. Adam. Um, mine would just be called bailout. Not bad. Just, yeah. Eh, it's, it's bailout. You know, it, you know. Like if, Did you it, think hard about that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, uh, I think it was like he he said, you know, you got to bail me out, right? And I was like, oh, that's okay. Let's just use that. I actually, that actually, when I was thinking about this question and that when he said it, I thought about that being a title. But then I'm like, no, that's that's not the that's not the best. You you kept thinking, and I just said that that'll do. That'll do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. You wanted to answer that question within the first half of the movie, and I waited until the second half of the movie. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, well, I waited until the movie was over, and I don't think any of mine are very good. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, I have three choices here. The one I ended up going with was the Beecham County Massacre. Oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't really. There's one guy. It <laughs> what? It was just one guy who died. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. So, yeah, not really a massacre. Maybe the Beecham County death or something. I don't know. Um, I have attorney from hell. I kind of like that one. Attorney from hell. I mean, he's the world's worst. I I originally had world's worst attorney, which was awful, and <laughs> then I replaced bad. it with attorney from hell. So I feel like okay. world's worst attorney could be like the tagline underneath the title. Right. There you go. And then my final one is uh, 
they didn't do it. I, th- I thought about maybe doing Sack of Suds. That's actually pretty good. Because it kind of it all it plays off of the the convenience store, but also just the fact that, like Vinny's an idiot and the whole thing is such a jumble. The whole mess that they're in. No one thought of just having like a one word title like tuna fish. <laughs> no tuna. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how well it fits with this tuna. Yeah, just tuna. It all the started curi- with the damn tuna. Brought- the curious, the curious case of the can of tuna fish, <laughs> brought to you by Subway. Yeah, they're paying for advertising. <laughs> Fucking Stan, he's like freaking Jerry Seinfeld in this movie. Honestly, his, I mean, he's obviously Jewish. His last name is uh, Rothenstein, and so he's like, he brings all that like Jewish anxiety to the screen, which I do. That's true. Funny. Maybe that's why. Well, it's very, it's it's very funny that you mentioned Jerry Seinfeld because um, I guess we can go on to the next question, right? Yeah, hit it. I yes. So you want you want Jerry Seinfeld in this movie, don't you? I wanted Jerry Seinfeld as Stan, a young Jerry Seinfeld. Is he? Would he be? Would he be too old? No. I don't think so. I mean, in nine, this in was also yeah, probably not. Yeah, this was probably filmed in 1990, so it was like the very you know the start of you know the first or the second season of when Seinfeld was out. So if you're looking it's chronologically yeah. speaking, it, it would have actually worked. Um, I just thought like he's he's actually funny, and it would have been like another character that was a funny neurotic rather than like a yeah. annoying neurotic. They sleep with their sisters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like that that kind of comedy I think would like it would have kept the film to be lighthearted. My other option again is to replace Stan. <laughs> I had nobody else replaced but but um Adam Goldberg as Stan. I thought like if you would take the today's Adam Goldberg and put him back then, um I just think he's a phenomenal actor and his neurosis is just fantastic he plays it so well in almost everything he does that's pretty funny i don't i don't sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i appreciate the the jewish substitutes in here i think that's sticking true to form that's how we should do it absolutely i i guess i did have one other one um and maybe because they're they almost look look alike but martin short as the public defender (laughs) oh my god that'd Could be, have been really good they do kind of look alike and maybe just martin short you know because he's so great with characters yeah he with is. developing characters so like, I, I i could have seen that going just as well if not better but you love the public defender he's <laughs> so good i do but that's why um, if i had to pick anybody it would have been a guy that kind of looks like him that's fair what's his name what's the guy's name again who plays him i don't remember i didn't have that written down um Whatever his name is, he's he's Austin really Pendleton. Austin yeah, Pendleton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is really funny. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. I had uh, so we're on this question: Who would you like to see replace one of the stars in the movie? Uh, don't get mad at me, guys, but I have someone replacing Joe Pesci as Vinny. And don't get me wrong, Joe Pesci is great as Vinny. I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm saying if if there was someone else who I would maybe like to see in this role or like be fascinated by in this role. Um, and you'll have to hear my explanation. I have Will Ferrell replacing Joe Pesci as Vinny. You're going to have to explain. Yeah. You're really going to need to really explain yourself. So, 
so the way I envision it is in, it, you know, as we, as we said in the beginning of this recording, there are so many of those like gag moments where Vinny is just like a, a buffoon. He's falling in the mud. He can't sleep at night. Like everything is going wrong for him. And I think Will Ferrell would be really funny as kind of like that with that happening to him. But instead of having like kind of the tough guy image to him, he's like this kind of buffoon bumbling guy who doesn't who is like you know took him six times to pass the bar and he like doesn't really know what's happening in the courtroom and he's supposed to win this case i don't know i just think it could work and he would bring the energy of like being totally clueless and not knowing what's happening almost like his character frank the tank in old school imagine him being Vinny and like trying to win this case i think it would be really funny so i i think in the first half of the movie you could get away with it in in the second half of the movie, I can't see Will Ferrell like figuring it out and like nailing cross examination and like being the hero at the end. Like I feel like he turns he turns into the stranger than fiction Will Ferrell. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Though. And that's a good Will Ferrell because <laughs> yeah. like I mean, as the movie goes on, he learns more and more about the process and. Uh, obviously, Lisa's there to help him, but I think it could work. I think it'd be, it wouldn't be. It'd be a totally different movie, but I think it could work in a way. I, I it would get like a fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it totally would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it those would. are the best. Um, what about Adam Sandler as Vinny? But if uh, you change the character, if you change the character to like my cousin Hyman from Brooklyn, <laughs> and it's Adam Sandler in the role, and Jerry Seinfeld is is the main <laughs> yeah. of the two, and then we see we keep Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio is great. Ralph Macchio is really good. Uh, I I see. I think I'd prefer Will Ferrell over Adam Sandler in this. I don't think I'd watch if either of them were in there. All right, Uh, Adam, what did you have for this? I I really struggled with this one, so I shouldn't be talking shit. But I, there were just two guys that just came to mind for some strange reason, and I didn't even really know where to put them. But one of them was Gene Hackman. I mean, I love Gene Hackman. Yeah, but... no, I know. I do, too. That's why I put him there. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, and then the other one would be Gary Oldman. Ooh. Um, like, I just didn't know where to put him, but, like, I love him. I don't... I... Gary, well, Gary Oldman... I th- Gary Oldman is so good at playing villains. I think He'd be, he like, Trotter, be really maybe, good. or something. He could be really good as Trotter or, like, George Wilbur, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but um, Gary Oldman's got to be one of the best, one of the best actors of all time. Just in general, he, he's, he's awesome. So, he's yeah. so good. He's so you, freaking you can put Gary Oldman no matter the episode, no matter the podcast for for any movie, and it's like okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really could. Oh, I could see him this being a little better with him. Yeah. I can. I can even see again, like kind of changing it a bit, changing this the backstory a little bit but like a bob odenkirk or a eugene levy as Vinny. eugene levy would be hilarious oh my god oh that is good wow (laughs) that would be really good yes yeah that's a winner that's a that boom love it (laughs) that's that's a winner that's a winner um so nick as the guest uh we left you in charge of this next question uh, so drop this bomb on us. Would my cousin Vinny 
be better or worse with blank in it? Will Ferrell, and I'd say it would be worse with Will Ferrell. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I just had, I just said that. Second, no. it, I agree. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you're that's ousted. it. You've we're, been that's, ousted, that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, I can't get behind the Will Ferrell idea. I just can't I see it. Yeah, I'm with. I'm with would you. it be, would it be better or worse with Sophia Loren? I struggled so much with actresses in this one because there's really only one and she's like perfect. So like I, I want to go worse. I, I want to just go I, worse because I okay. I, I, I yeah. She, I do have as long one. as as long as she's not Mona Lisa Vito because it it it, it has to be Marissa. Well, she'd Jai. have to be. She nah. I mean that's what I'm saying though. Would it be better or worse with Sophia Loren instead of Marissa Tomei? Worse, worse, worse. Okay. Think of some of the greatest actresses of all time. Freaking Meryl Streep, worse. Would uh, this Catherine Hepburn would, worse? Would this be better or worse with Morgan Freeman? Only if they break out of prison. <laughs> I don't understand the reference. Oh, Nick hasn't. Oh, god damn it! You haven't seen Shawshank. No, you've only seen the last two minutes of Shawshank. I've seen right? the first and last two minutes of the movie. That is so okay. awful. So oh my you God, just missed so the awful. middle two hours. That's okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bill Gambini and Stanley <laughs> Rothenstein escaped from Alabama prison or well, Wazoo prison in 1992. Yeah. Um, would it be better or worse with Morgan Freeman in it? I just don't know where he fits. Like The judge. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Actually, that could be good. I really like Fred Gwynn, though, as Judge Chamberlain. Yeah, He's really good in this. Um, I say worse. One of the reasons why Chamberlain is so good is because he is he's great at playing like that. Like, he's super smart, obviously. He's a judge. But, like, there are moments where he just lacks common sense, and it's hysterical. And I don't know if Morgan Freeman could, could pull that off. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe he can narrate something. I don't know. Yeah, a little, little well, bit of, of a voiceover. Yeah. Can narrate <laughs> anything. <laughs> oh, that is great. I mean, Nick, do you think he'd be, it'd be better with him, or just I? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I was watching it last or uh, two nights ago and like trying to see where I could fit Morgan Freeman into it, <laughs> um, and. I figured the only place would really be the judge, but the the actor that played the judge was just fantastic. I also think that um, the the bailiff's mustache should be its own character. Oh he has an God. amazing mustache. He really does. That's a great call. That yeah. is a phenomenal little touch that it just gets me every time because it's so memorable. You can just hang on to it. Yeah. But, but I mean, <laughs> pull ups on Farley's it. got a good one too, though. Don't don't discount his mustache. I mean, that's a but sure, the Farley's straight. Great... I mean, it just goes yeah, straight right. across. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, okay, let's let's move on here a bit. I think it's time for trivia. Actually, yeah, it's trivia. Um, so I guess we'll do it this way. We'll we'll rotate asking a question, and then just whoever has the answer first, just you know, just shout it out when you know it. <laughs> Do I have to prepare trivia questions? Um, if you got them. If, if not, then uh, you can just be a participant and hopefully win. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't prepare any trivia, but, uh, you know, that's I can okay. think of some. 
All good. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with the first question. Um, what college did Bill and Stan... Brooklyn Academy. Oh, damn it. Sorry. No, gotta, they got sorry, into sorry. UCLA. Got into UCLA. But where were they Where were they currently at? Columbia, right? NYU. NYU, yes. Yes, let's go. Okay, all right, all right. All right, I'll ask this one now. Unfortunately, we... I've answered a bunch of mine throughout the pro- throughout this episode. Um, uh, all right, so similar. Where did uh, Judge Chamberlain go to law school? Nick said that one, right? Brooklyn Academy. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, he went to no, Yale. No, he no. went to Yale. He went to Yale. That's right. Yes. Yeah, he looks up and he sees Yale, and he's like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> um, Brooklyn Academy of Law. This one's tough. What country are Stan's parents currently in? Oh, uh, Colombia. No, they're in. No? Uh, they're in Chile. Is it Chile? Chile. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? The Chilean consulate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, that's a good one. Um, all right. Well, we can't answer this one, but uh, what are the three menu items at the diner? <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, where does George Wilbur work? General Motors? No. Oh, he's the, he's the FBI. Yeah, he works for FBI. Yeah. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. All right. This one's, this one's really hard. Um, but whatever. Um, what model size... What model and tire size did both the Buick and Pontiac Tempest have? Michelin model XGV size 75 R14. 14, yeah. There it is. There you go. You got it. I thought you were going to ask what what technology George Wilbur used to analyze. No way. (laughs) I used the Hubie Packet 57 (laughs) phonograph analyzation technology. I don't know. Wait, say that again. It's close. I don't know. It's like I used the Hewlett Packard 57. I don't know, with, with flame analyzation technology. <laughs> yeah, it's some long fucking thing yeah. that when you hear it, you're like, what? The actual perpetrators, like the actual guys that committed the crime, uh, where were they arrested? Jasper uh, County, Georgia. Jasper County, Georgia. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, what type of gun did they use to kill Jimmy Willis? 357 Magnum. Magnum. <laughs> Ooh, we are killing um, these. And what day did the crime actually occur? January 5th. I think it's the 4th. Oh, my God. January really? 4th of this year. Oh. I think. Are I mean, you sure? Are you sure about that five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, who, who in, who does Mona Lisa Vito, I don't know why I'm saying that. Who does Lisa know uh, who, who is pregnant and she's envious that that person's pregnant and she's not? her niece the daughter of my sister <laughs> yes correct how many times is Vinny um, what's it called in contempt of court and brought to jail three times I think Sounds it's three right. times yeah. yeah I think it's three times what was his initial bail set at $200 $200 yeah. <laughs> it's 200 bucks <laughs> Uh, we haven't talked about him enough. A little Yankee I know. boy. Yeah. I mentioned. How do I know that's not just a bunch of ones with a twenty wrecked around yeah. it? 
It's two hundred bucks. <laughs> and then I love when when Vinny actually kicks his ass. He doesn't just like punch him. <laughs> he just kind of like he like dives onto his face. Yes. Yeah. He does like a Superman dive onto yes. his face. <laughs> the sound effect is him punching him, but he doesn't actually punch him. It's it's the weirdest like he knockout l- he leaps. I've ever seen. <laughs> It just like jumps out of space. What was what was the um what was the look alike metallic mint green car? Nineteen sixty three Pontiac Tempest. Pontiac Tempest. Oh, sixty three Pontiac Tempest. Yeah. Yes. What was the other car that was that had positive Corvette, which could never be confused be mistaken. <laughs> mistaken. <laughs> with the Buick Skylark? What was the car that Trotter tried to get? Uh, tried to do like the trick question he used as oh, the example for the, the trick Chevy question. right it was a Chevy the Bel Air Chevy it was a Bel a Bel Air yes yeah um oh what would be the correct ignition time if uh unlike the car that Lisa did mention I can't remember I don't I really understand no this six degrees before temp dead center no idea Oh man, I think well, I, I don't even have any okay. of these. No, written I don't. Down. We're just like a... rattling these off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just rattling these off. Um, yeah, I, I have none others. Nope, that's it. That was, that was good. That, that was, good. That that was, was good. a great was round of trivia, guys. Uh, let's take one more break before we dive into segment three and our final segment of the show. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, where we're talking about my cousin Vinny. Uh, guys, final segment here. A few more questions. Plot what ifs, uh, Adam. Give me yours. Give us yours. I guess, like, what if what if Vinny just told the truth and just told the judge that he didn't have a lot of trial experience? Yeah, that's probably allowed, right? Like, you don't. There's well, nothing you have that to says be like approved. You have to be approved to be like by the judge. That's why he was meeting with them. I think he. Ah, but I didn't so know maybe that. the fact that he wasn't licensed to to do it in to practice law in Alabama would have could have been like you know um, put aside right like maybe he would have looked past that if they had a good rapport and he knew that he had a lot of experience kind of a thing oh, maybe that's why he went on about it okay so he did he did need to lie in the way that he did again this will be something that we can follow up once we once we're all lawyers but I like it you ever heard of the son of Sam? <laughs> you defended him? <laughs> yeah, that is a good one, though. So I guess, yeah, he just probably wouldn't have gotten pre-approved if he was just honest. So they'd have to go with the public defender, I guess, and then they'd be fried. Yeah, they'd be fried. Yeah. What um, if Ralph Macchio literally just didn't... What if he said, I didn't shoot the clerk? That is a good <laughs> Instead one. of, I shot the clerk. Yeah. Because right. like, then, then it's they just, would, now it's a confession. Because it's right. taken just they, as a statement. I think they'd still keep them in holding um, because they still have what they think is the right car and two younger men. So I think it would just be them like pleading not guilty even more than they already do. So one I had is, uh, and we kind of elaborated on this already a little bit, uh, what if Lisa doesn't call in the favor at the end uh, for someone to fax in the fake Jerry Callow information does the case get like what happens does Vinny get arrested does the case somehow get like thrown out because the lawyer was like fraudulent what the hell happens there I 
I guess These you move towards like a mistrial, but then still like I don't see why the DA would take up the case again, knowing like they know it clearly wasn't these guys. So if they were to do the right thing, they would just not take up the case. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a tough one. I mean, he yeah he would probably lose. <laughs> He probably loses his his license, which he took six years to catch. Because, like, at the end, right before he hops in the car when he's trying to get away, he, like, puts his hands up when the judge comes to him because he thinks he's going to, like, put him in cuffs. Yeah. And then he shakes his hand instead. So, like, obviously Vinny would either be held in contempt again or probably get arrested. No, he'd get arrested because that's very illegal. Um, But, yeah, does the case get thrown out even though we just found out Bill and Stan are clearly innocent? I don't know. I guess it depends on how big of a dick Trotter is. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. All good ones. Yeah, that's fun. Um, all right, so moving on. If you could redo the movie in a completely different genre, what would the genre be? And then just kind of describe the, the plot a little bit. So, Nick, take us away. Um, I would say dark comedy. So, like, for example, I just recently watched... Um, the King of Staten Island. Um, and it was really funny, but just like that kind of dark humor, you know, it still would have been a funny movie, but just in a different way. And I don't think that really was a thing that much in like the late eighties, early nineties. Sure. So like more, more just kind of like if Vinny's dealing with some mental health issues or like there's a bunch of actual bad shit happening, just a little. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's fine. Brett, what do you got? Uh, so I have a sports comedy. Uh, so the plot is still the same. Bill and Stan get arrested in Alabama. Uh, but instead of a traditional murder trial, they agree that they must play 3v3 basketball against Trotter, Sheriff Farley, and the judge. Uh, you know, if they win, they, they are released free. But they need a third teammate. And so when Bill's on the phone with his mom, uh, he finds out that his cousin Vinny was a great basketball player back in the day. He used to play for, for Brooklyn College. Uh, Vinny comes in and right away at their first practice uh, they find out that Vinny sucks he's so bad at basketball he can't even dribble turns out Vinny wasn't uh, a player for Brooklyn College he was the student manager uh, for for the team so they have a lot of work to do to to win the big game and be set free uh, and so that's they're working towards that it's like the longest yard but like yeah a little bit yeah (laughs) Um, they're playing for their freedom though for their lives so oh that's, that's funny what does Vinny play point guard yeah, maybe. I don't know. Probably just because he's so small. Yeah. yeah, probably. That's funny. Um, I did like a documentary. It'd be like a 2020 on on the murder. And um, there'd be like a couple like like zinger quotes like they have in documentaries where it'd be like, you know, as soon as you saw Vincent Gambini begin cross-examination, you, you just knew something special was about to happen. And it would just be like one-liners <laughs> like that, or like there was just no way these guys didn't commit the crime, and then it would just like evolve and, until you like follow the case in in like Barbara Walters format or something. That's pretty funny. I feel like we've done documentary slash mockumentary a few times. On we this. have those. those are, I love that genre so much. Me too. Nick, what'd you have here? Um, what? 
If you could redo my Kazavania a different job. Oh no, sorry, you answered that question. Yeah, what? Fuck, I'm sorry, you answered. Are you on drugs? Question. No drugs? No, no, not of drugs. All right, moving on. Two questions left. So Mount Rushmore. This one is, I feel like, it's pretty easy. We don't have to cover everyone, but you know some of the bigger names here. Nick, kick us off with one person from the film. Could be the director, one of the stars. If my cousin Vinny makes the Mount Rushmore of their career. Oh man, I don't think anybody other other than Marissa Tomei. Just you don't think for Joe Pesci? No, I think he does so many so many better roles than this in his career. This wouldn't be like the his his performance in My Cousin Vinny would not be his Mount Rushmore. So Mount Rushmore is kind of like the top few the top like four or something because Mount Rushmore is like the four best presidents. So you don't think it would be like in his top four? No. That's fair. So, yeah. so Marissa, Marissa Tomei, Tomei, I would put Marissa Tomei and Austin Pendleton up there on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Austin Pendleton. So Marissa Tomei, I had her yes as well. Mm-hmm. She's really good in in uh, uh, in the bedroom, which is, I love that movie. And then I know I this is kind of funny. I bring this up to Adam. I think this is probably the third or fourth podcast now I brought this up. But the movie Crazy Stupid Love. Have you seen that, Nick? Amazing. Such a so good movie. She is great in that. She is. She's a phenomenal actress. She was even good in, in Wild Hogs. I mean, everything she does is fantastic. I don't know if you all saw um, The King's Dead Island, which I already referenced once. Which yeah, is I haven't weird, seen but, it. Judd Apatow, got to see it. She plays the mom in that movie and, and it's a fantastic fantastic role she was also incredible in uh, the wrestler oh she's that movie's good with mickey rourke yeah i like that movie yeah really fantastic movie marissa tomei really is, is an amazing actress yeah she's great underrated that said though we can all agree my cousin Vinny is you know yeah. as mona lisa vito like that's her thing that's 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 her 100 percent Adam, throw throw a name at well, us. Well, I did. I did have Joe Pesci. I, I I put Raging Bull, Goodfellas, The Irishman, and then I put uh, my cousin Vinny. How could so, you have you seen Casino? Well, see, that's the problem. I haven't seen that now. And I'm pretty sure you haven't seen Goodfellas. So you, how dare you put <laughs> put it on Mount Rushmore if you haven't even seen the movie? I, I, I had to boot one to get my cousin Vinny on there. So I, I'm sorry. Um. So I also said, okay, as someone who has seen those movies, I did say yes for Joe Pesci. So I had Goodfellas, My Cousin Vinny, Casino, and Home Alone, actually. I do love him in Raging Bull. He's great as Jake LaMotta's brother, but he's he's really good in Home Alone. And he brings this same kind of character to Home Alone, too, where he's just getting hurt all the time. Uh, but it shows a different side of him that I like. So I said yes. So agree to disagree is here. Um Ralph Let's Macchio. talk Ralph, yeah. Ma- Ralph Macchio. Uh, so I said yes alongside The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid Part 2, and The Karate Kid Part 3. <laughs> yeah, <same>. I've <laughs> any, actually any, never seen The Karate Kid, so oh, I guess man. I would have to say this is up there probably because I've only seen him in this, and I've seen Ralph Macchio play himself in some cameo spots of Entourage. Oh, okay. he was in some entourage. That's interesting. I never saw that. He's actually also he's also in The Outsiders. I don't know if you guys remember that movie from like the late seventies or early eighties. Um, that had a stellar cast, and he was in that too. He was super young. That movie's really good. But I mean, Ralph Macchio, he is the Karate Kid. That is that is a hundred percent what people know him by. It's almost the equivalent of like 
Christopher Mintz Plasse from Superbad, who's McLovin. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's like probably even higher than that level. It's like you think of that one character and it's him, like Daniel Radcliffe with Harry Potter. So, um, but that said, besides the Karate Kid, he's really good in this movie. Uh, so I said yes for that too. Um, I feel like everyone else here, we can kind of say pretty much yes to. Yeah. Lane uh, Smith, I do want to give a shout out. The old, uh, Mighty Ducks opponent coach. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the opposing coach. That guy's a, he's, he's a dick in Mighty Ducks yeah, as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fred Gwynn is Judge Chamberlain. Uh, I said yes. Sadly, he died after, right. after a year after this movie was filmed. But I don't know if you guys have seen The Munsters. He was so funny that he plays Frankenstein, and he's the dad who's Frankenstein, which is really funny. Uh, he was in Pet Cemetery, not the most recent one, obviously, but when it was made in the late 80s. He was pretty good in that, too. Um and then we talked about Bruce McGill, uh, Sheriff Farley, who's also in Animal House. Pretty funny. Um, that's about it for me. Oh, Jonathan Lynn, the director. He also directed the movie The Whole Nine Yards with Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry. Okay. It's a really terrible – it's an awful movie. But it's the only other movie I had seen from his filmography. So all around, Nick, I'm kind of uh, – Joe Pesci's a really good argument for this movie. Uh, I, I could see yes and I could see no. Um, so I it's good. Think- we- I just think he, he's so great in so many other movies. He is. It's yeah. It's why it's it's tough. So I, I accept your no. I, I thought about saying no. It's fair. Um, it's it's fair. All right. Are we on to the final question then? I think final question. I think we are. But Nick, I'll start with you. What's what's this movie's legacy? Um, this is this is a hard question to answer since I'm not like, you know, a movie critic, but I liked the juxtaposition of, you know, the New York fast paced lifestyle and the traditional kind of old school culture of a a Southern state, a Southern city um, and kind of both of those cultures overcoming obstacles and, and blending together to finally agree about something that is both objective and subjective, which is the law, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, just in general, the law can be objective or subjective and like should be objective. But obviously in this case, you know, there's even the part where where Vinny gives a, um, an objection to that, that uh, to Wilbur witness. being called. Yeah. Right. And he, and the judge goes, that was a, well thought out argument blah 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 blah, blah. overruled yeah. it's like well what are you doing what do you mean overruled like he's because you he don't like the guy like, exactly yeah. like that's what makes it like subjective you know so but th- but i like that kind of at the end of it both sides really overcame those those obstacles blended that's, together that's Win pretty great some, lose some <laughs> I'm honored to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's pretty good. Um, that exceeds what I had. I just had a couple of things. So, you know, for me personally, I think of it as the funny courtroom movie. Like when I was, I watched it with Cassidy the other night and like she had, she didn't remember if she had really, really seen it all the way through in the past, but she was like, oh, is that like the silly courtroom movie? I was like, yes, it is. So it's that, but it's up there with some of the best courtroom movies I've seen. So like A Time to Kill, the verdict, a few good men, Philadelphia to kill a mockingbird. Like it's up there as a great courtroom movie. Um, so there's that for me. And then also just Marissa Tomei. It's like for me, you know, when I, when I think of her, when I hear her name, I instantly think of this movie. It's the performance of a lifetime for her and she's the best character in this movie. So, uh, 
that legacy standpoint, that's it for me. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to add. I, I kind of put, like, as a bullet under this question of, eh, I don't know if it really has a, a strong legacy, um, right. like, as a movie. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's tough for me to say that because it's one of my favorites of all time. But, yeah, I'll second what you said about Marissa Tomei. She's phenomenal. Um, and then I guess, like, Joe Pesci, you know, you're kind of confirming that this guy's actually fucking hilarious, too. Um which I, which I thought was great. You know, we talk about this a lot with Bobby D and some of the other actors, Bobby but, D. Bobby D. but just, just love to see it. Um, so just shows how talented Joe Pesci is as an actor as well. But yeah, in terms of the, the, the full movie, not sure there's a huge legacy for me. Yeah. You know what? There doesn't necessarily have to be. It's a, it's a good movie and we can't stop watching it. And that's why we talk about it. So uh, that's it. Anything else? Thank you so much for having me on here, guys. Wow. Nick, we hope you had fun. I'm so excited for all the other um, movies with uh, major Italian-American characters. (laughs) We'll bring it right back in. I'm really the only only Italian-American friend that you all have. Well, you 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 have been a lovely, lovely lovely guest. Yes. (laughs) That was amazing. Uh, When Adam finally sees Goodfellas, we'll probably have to bring you back on. Because uh, you can, you'd be able to assist quite a bit with that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any any mob movie, my friends, you know. Yes. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on again, Nick. Hope you had fun. As always, you can find Butterless Popcorn wherever you stream all of your podcasts: Spotify, Apple. That's actually it. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Until next time, cheers. 